0: We can make a difference.
1: Why do fireflies die so soon?
0: In a world overflowing with movies, we need a hero. Someone to separate the bad from the good. <laughs>
1: Hi everyone, I'm Em, and welcome to a very special NaNoRama episode of Verbal Diorama. This is episode 137, Grave of the Fireflies. This is the podcast that's all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't. And as always, welcome to you all, whether you are a returning listener or whether you're a brand new listener to this podcast. Thank you so much for being here And this is a very special bonus episode of this podcast. I am in the middle of animation season right now. This is a Nanorama episode. And what that means is these episodes are slightly shorter. I like to focus on tidbits of interesting stories and information. But instead of a normal Nanorama episode, which usually I put two movies together and they're usually connected in some way, this is its own individual episode. And you're probably wondering, why is this a smaller episode, considering the subject matter of this episode? This is uh, a movie from one of my favourite animation studios, Studio Ghibli. And I've covered a lot of Studio Ghibli stuff on this podcast in the past. And to be honest, it's mainly the work of Hayao Miyazaki. And Miyazaki is known for, first of all, he is known for his anti-war messages. I have to put that out there. But he's also known for making movies that are mostly so full of joy. And so focused on childlike wonder and enjoyment and beauty. And this movie is such a beautiful experience, but it's also incredibly harrowing. And it's why I'm doing a slightly smaller episode on Grave of the Fireflies, because honestly, this movie destroys me. And I don't think that I can dwell on it too long without getting quite emotional. So... I just wanted to say, don't take this shorter form episode as any indication of a lack of quality on the part of this movie. I genuinely believe this is the late Isao Takahata's masterpiece. And it's a movie that if you can manage to rewatch, hurts no less on every rewatch. This is the first war movie that I've actually featured on this podcast. And this movie is often cited as one of the best war movies ever made. And Let's not forget, this movie is also animated. And one of the mantras of this podcast and of animation season is that animation is not a genre for a start. This is a full-on war movie. This belongs with the big, well-known war movies throughout the history of cinema. This is a movie that is incredibly painful and very emotional to watch. And the war genre is not my favourite genre. I avoid war movies because of the way they make me feel. But if I was going to cover a war movie on this podcast, this one was always going to be the first. And although it is animated, it packs no less of a punch to your very gut, because just talking about this movie is is making me feel very emotional. So I am going to try and be as brief as possible on this episode. But really, the people who truly suffer through war aren't the politicians and generals at the top. It's the everyday citizens at the bottom and specifically the children, children orphaned by war and disillusioned by pain and suffering. Here is the trailer for Grave of the Fireflies. It is the English language trailer, by the way. story of Seita and Setsuko, two young Japanese siblings living in the declining days of World War II. When an American firebombing mortally wounds their mother and with their father fighting in the Japanese Navy, the two siblings must rely completely on one another while they struggle to fight for their survival. I'll quickly run through the cast of this movie and when it comes to Japanese anime just generally, I always like to list as many of the actual voice actors as possible. And the reason why I like to do this is because it doesn't matter if you watch this movie with subtitles or you watch a dubbed version of this movie. It doesn't matter to me. The only thing that matters to me is that you must 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 much watch this movie. Now I know I've said this movie is incredibly emotional and traumatizing and harrowing and it really genuinely is, but this is a movie that you absolutely must watch. So however you want to watch your anime whether it is subs or dubs, please just watch this movie. So I'm listing the original Japanese actor, followed by the Sky Pilot dub actor, followed by the Toho dub actor here Sutomi Tatsumi, J. Robert Spencer, and Adam Gibbs as Satoru Yokokawa. Ayano Shiraishi, Kareem Orr, and Emily Neves as Setsuko Yokokawa. Yoshiko Sinohara, Veronica Taylor, and Shelly Kayleen Black as Mrs. Yokokawa. And Akimi Yamaguchi. Amy Jones and Marcy Banner as Seta and Setsuko's aunt. The screenplay for Grave of the Fireflies was by Isao Takahata. It was directed by Isao Takahata and based on Grave of the Fireflies by Akiyuki Nosaka. And as I said, when you think of Studio Ghibli, you think of family friendly, you think of sweeping epics, you think of mystical, fantastical worlds, beautiful hand drawn animation, bright colours, engaging characters, and a charming Joe Hisaishi score. Grave of the Fireflies is therefore one of the studio's works that stands apart from its various studio stablemates. It's often not even talked about in lists of favourite Ghibli movies, mainly because I think so many people who've seen Ghibli movies have seen this movie, but it's so traumatic that maybe they don't want to list it on their favourites. And due to various rights issues, it's not included in Netflix's streaming platform when it was Updated with all of Studio Ghibli in 2020. And to be honest, if you've not seen Grape of the Fireflies, you'd be remiss if it never sprung to your mind when you actually discussed Studio Ghibli. The thing is, once you've seen this movie, you can never unsee it. The images are burned into your mind forever. The haunting, emaciated depictions of young children during World War II. And to be honest, the uncontrollable sobbing emanating from your body during that initial watch and And the resolution after the credits rolled of, I will never watch this again. This movie is genuinely one of the greatest accomplishments of not only Studio Ghibli, but of animation full stop. A movie so depressing and traumatic that it was partnered at release with one of Ghibli's most tender and beautiful movies about the joy of childhood, My Neighbor Totoro. This is no happy ever after tale, unless you count the souls of a brother and sister reuniting after their horrific and painful deaths. Grave of the Fireflies was based on Akiyuki Nosaka's semi-autobiographical short story of the same name, published in 1967, which details his experiences before, during and after World War II and the firebombing of Kobe in 1945. Director Isao Takahata had an eerily similar childhood experience during wartime bombing raids on his home city of Akayama in the summer of 1945, when 100,000 incendiary bombs were dropped on the city in one night. Then, nine years old, Takahata and his sister were separated from their mother while the city burned around them. His sister was injured, but he struggled on with her until they reached the safety of a river. 1,700 people died that night, including those who took refuge in an air raid shelter. And Isio Takahata, one of the founders of Studio Ghibli alongside Hayao Miyazaki, with whom he has worked since the 60s at Toei Animation, Takahata's directorial debut was 1968's The Great Adventures of Horus, Prince of the Sun, where Miyazaki served as key animator. The Great Adventures of Horus, Prince of the Sun was a commercial failure at the time and would lead to Takahata's demotion. Unlike Miyazaki, who is an animator as well as a screenwriter and director, Aseo Takahata was mostly a producer and director. Together, along with collaborator Toshio Suzuki, they formed Studio Ghibli in 1985 and Laputa Castle in the Sky was released in 1986. Takahata was a major influence on Miyazaki. He was six years older, more experienced. Miyazaki nicknamed him Pakusan. Pakusan literally means Mr. Munch. And yes, this is where Pac-Man gets his name, because he munches. Grave of the Fireflies was Takahata's first Studio Ghibli-directed movie. It was Toshio Suzuki's choice to adapt Grave of the Fireflies, and it turned out to be a very personal story for Takahata as his first feature. The idea was that both he and Miyazaki would each direct a movie for release in 1988. My Neighbor Totoro was just as personal for Miyazaki, both are based on the director's childhoods, but neither was seen as the potential for a great success individually for the studio. It was also Toshio Suzuki who suggested the best way to fund both was to approach Shinchosa, the publisher of Grave of the Fireflies, and suggest a double bill. This meant both directors were free to make the movies they wanted, without financial fear, plus a double bill meant more of an audience for both. Theoretically. Takahata, as I mentioned, is not an animator, but he had an impressive animation crew enlisted for Grave of the Fireflies, including Yoshifumi Kondo as animation director, Yoshiyuki Mamosi as assistant animation director, and industry veteran Mishio Yasuda as colour designer. Yasuda was pivotal in giving the movie brown outlines instead of the customary black to make the film feel softer. Brown outlines were a challenge for the production, though, as the contrast wasn't as great in brown as it is in black. Takahata was not known in the industry for his brevity. In fact, Miyazaki once described him as descended from a giant sloth when it came to hitting deadlines. He had originally planned to use non-traditional animation methods, but it's a good job he didn't because the movie was already running late on the traditional methods, and the release date could not be put back either. Additionally, while Seta was easy to animate, Setsuko was an issue. The production scouted nurseries to observe four-year-old girls' movements and personalities to make Setsuko as natural and genuine a four-year-old girl as possible. While the double bill of Grey for the Fireflies and My Neighbour Totoro made complete sense from a financial point of view, audiences understandably struggled. Both are so tonally different and not a natural-feeling double bill that it's unsurprising that Grave of the Fireflies turned off audiences, especially after the sweet childlike joy and marketing possibilities of My Neighbor Totoro. It would be Totoro's merchandise that would ensure profits for Studio Ghibli and the production of subsequent movies. Nevertheless, Grave of the Fireflies grossed a modest 1.7 billion yen, which was equivalent to just over $700,000 in 1988 money. But really, this is a movie that stands out critically in an ocean of critically lauded Studio Ghibli movies. This is not just an outstanding animated movie. It's not just an outstanding war movie, or indeed an anti-war movie, despite what Isseo Takahata himself would say. It's not only outstanding at getting you through a box of Kleenex, it is without a doubt Isseo Takahata's masterpiece. He was a man of few words and even fewer recognition. He was always in the background of Studio Ghibli, slowly but surely making his movies, which would go on to include Only Yesterday, Poko, My Neighbours, the Yamadas, and the Tale of the Princess Kaguya, his final movie as director before his death in 2018. Two live-action movies in 2005 and 2008 would attempt to tell the story of Grave of the Fireflies, but in a slightly different way. The 2005 movie focused on the aunt's daughter, a minor character in the anime, but depicts how a kind-hearted woman can be turned cruel by the horrors of war. The 2008 version, a TV movie, focuses on the siblings, I have not seen either, but I can be pretty confident in saying that neither would ever or could ever come close to Isseo Takahata's version. And this was honestly a movie that I told myself I could never watch again. This is a work of art. It's flawless. Despite it being an animation that clearly has flaws, it's still flawless. As a cinematic experience to depict the atrocities of war, nothing comes close to this movie. From the first frames of the movie where Seta tells you that was the night I died, you're immediately prepared for an onslaught of powerful, heartbreaking imagery of children suffering. Even the hardest-hearted person couldn't make it through this movie without shedding a tear. It's the quiet moments of contemplation that hit the hardest, that brief thinking that maybe everything will be okay, maybe someone will help them. And while some adults do help these children, mostly they're also just people struggling with the after-effects of war themselves. For every moment of childlike joy and wonder, referenced by fireflies being caught and lighting the little shelter that they have and the small joys of being together and singing on the piano together and being there for each other is juxtaposed to traumatic images of firebombs coming down from the sky, the city in flames, horrific burnt bodies, blood and maggots. And all you wish for any child is to have a childhood free from pain and protected from the harsh realities of the world. And Sator does what he can, as a 14-year-old boy with limited knowledge. During times of war, how can you buy food if food is rationed? How can you feed a starving child without food? Given the choice, would you let them starve? Or would you do whatever you could, beg, borrow or steal to give that child food? It's a question that I would expect that none of us have actually asked ourselves. But after watching this movie... It actually makes you ask yourself the question, what would you do if that was you? And I guarantee that you would probably do exactly the same as what Sata does. I'll never, ever, ever get over the images of Setsuko sucking on a coloured marble, clinging to life. I'll never get over this movie full stop. Its images are burned forever in my brain. A stark reminder of the real tragedy of war. War is too often depicted as one nation's triumph over another. As a person from a nation who has historically been on the winning side, it's easy to say, we won the war. Yes, we won the war, but what did we lose? And what did the other side lose? We're so focused on winning, we don't think about the true casualties of war. The children who are left behind thank you for listening as always i would love to hear your thoughts on grave of the fireflies as long as they don't make me cry because i'm very very almost there if you have enjoyed this episode then please tell a friend or family member about this podcast please leave a rating or review wherever you found this podcast and please retweet or like the post on social media about this particular episode because this is a movie that desperately desperately deserves to be celebrated And I really want to take as much opportunity as possible to get the word out there that this is a movie that everyone simply must see. If you want to get in touch with me about this movie and you want to talk about this movie, please feel free to get in touch with me on social media. I'm at Burble Diorama on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can email me, burblediorama at gmail.com. You can also fill out a contact form on my website as well. And for all of those wondering, if you are a regular listener, where the obligatory Keanu references for this episode, I actually don't think I can do it for this movie. And the reason why is I feel like it's somewhat disrespectful to this movie and what it stands for to do so. And sometimes I feel like you just need to know when to say no. So that is why there is no obligatory Keanu reference in this episode. As always, thank you to the patrons of this podcast. You can join them if you wish at verbaldiorama.com Patreon. But I really just want to sign off this episode before I go and have a bit of a cry. And, and say, and finally, time for bed.